Why, hello, everyone. Welcome to the program Illumination. We come from the Library of Sunset Lodge number 369 in Santa Monica, California. We're here to talk about all things Masonic, whether it's our people or the groups around Masonry or part of Masonry or maybe not a part of Masonry itself. We're here to talk about those subjects according uh, that have to do with Masonry and also our teachers and leaders. Above all, we're here for you. So if you want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can do one of two things. You can go to our website, which is sunsetmasoniclodge.org. That's sunsetmasoniclodge.org, or send us an email. That's sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. Email a little different, sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And most of all, we enjoy having you here with us today. Uh, my name is Les Jones, the man behind the board, and be our co-host today is our producer, Michael Wombach. How are you doing, Brother Michael? I'm doing good, Les, and it's it's fun to be here as always, and I'm looking forward to your topic today. I know we were talking about it beforehand, and it's kind of an interesting one and maybe even a little controversial, so let's have at it and see, see what we can do. Well, you know, I, I just thought it's about time we talk about the elephant in the room, so to speak. I saw something on that. I was reading an article uh, done by uh, Brother Mason entitled Religious Opposition to Freemasonry. It is written by Brother uh, Jason. Let me go to the bottom of this. Brother Jason Richards. He's the senior deacon of Arcadia Lodge Number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, and also a member of the Royal Larch Chapter Number 25 in Fairfax, Virginia. He's well known for the web blog called The Two-Foot Rule, Masonry in Plain Language. And I really was, you know, this really hit me. I read this article, and I was thinking this was something we needed to do a program on. I remember when I was going through my degrees, and I was watching a little this and that on television, and I saw something on the History Channel about Freemasonry. And I thought, you know, this is the History Channel. This ought to be safe. I was watching it, and I saw something that looked like it might have been inside of a ritual of something. Well, I turned it off immediately, because for myself, I, I, I didn't know whether it was or wasn't, but I wanted to experience the degrees fresh and new and not know anything about them. So I did no research on it. I did no looking up on different things, and I thought this would be something I want to do. And as soon as I got my third degree, as soon as I became a Master Mason, then I could look and see what's going on and see what people have to say. Well, I received my third degree, and of course, I went right online and decided I was going to look and see what was going on. Looked on YouTube, just put in Freemasonry in YouTube, and got a lot of stuff. And I was watching it, and I was kind of amazed at what I was seeing. I... All I know is I've been a part of two lodges, the one in Texas and the one here. And 99.9% .9 of what I saw has nothing to do with what I was doing. And I, I just, that kind of caught my eye. And um, Brother Jason's article here really touched even more on that. He spoke of the idea that he took a Confederate dollar bill to a collector 
and asked him if it was worth anything. He said, yeah, it's worth it. And he said he found the dollar bill inside of an old Masonic book. And the guy said, yo, did they tell you in the book that it was actually a cult when it first was founded? And, you know, how do you answer something like that? And I thought that I would have Brother Michael and I, we would talk about it. And, you know, Brother Michael, it's kind of hard whenever somebody asks us, uh, what is Freemasonry, to kind of put it down into words, don't you think? Yeah, it is to a degree, for sure, because so much of it is experiential rather than dogmatic. And I think anything that's going to be a metaphor and and so forth, which Freemasonry very much is, um, it is hard to describe, you know, for that very reason. That's right. I, I think that there is um, no doubt that it has a religious sort of a feel to it. And I think anyone who goes through the degrees will find that there is this. And I think it's because it's tied to morality and sort of spiritualism in general that it's going to have that religious sort of a, an undercurrent. Um, so I think some people you know, feel that there is a religious aspect to it. But what makes it not a religion is in the sense that it's not dogmatic. It doesn't subscribe to one worldview. It doesn't have one savior. It doesn't even you know, really deal with any of that stuff. So for me, uh, I think that that's, it, it's so close to that line of being a religion that I think a lot of people confuse it very easily. Right. Now tell me, you, you had a really good little, uh, we had a little chat, as you said beforehand, about this. Can you talk a little bit about the origins of the Christian church being against masonry? Yeah, I mean, really, you know, a lot of Christian churches are not, obviously. We have people in our lodge from the Christian faith and from many different denominations. So clearly not all of, of Christianity is opposed to Freemasonry. But the, the two in particular that, that do sort of not like us very well, um, one, of course, is the Catholic Church. And there is a papal bull that goes way back to the 1700s that forbids um, Catholics from being Freemasons. Now, the history behind that, from what I researched, had actually nothing to do with um, the ritual or the philosophy or morality of Freemasonry as a whole. Um, it was strictly to deal with politics. And of course, you know, many churches were deeply involved in politics at the time, the Catholic Church being very much one of them, the Roman Church. Um, and the story behind it was that the uh, the Catholic Church was very supportive of the Jacobite uprising, Bonnie Prince Charlie being a Catholic and having a lot of support from France. You know, the, the French were financing the revolution. They were trying to, to overthrow the English in Scotland and restore the, the Stuart to his throne. Um, and so there was the, the Pope at the time in Italy believed that there was this guy, I wish I'd known ahead of time and had done a little more research specifically, but, um, but that he was using his Masonic relationships to spy on the Catholic Church and to try and ascertain their political intent toward the Stuarts. Um, so he forbid Catholics from being Masons because he didn't want anybody talking to this dude, basically, is what it came down oh. to. Now, what's interesting is that before the Papal Bull that pre prevented um, you know, Catholics from being Freemasons, that the, the Pope's brother was a cardinal in the church, and he actually was a Freemason. So clearly, you know, Catholicism as a whole, right up to that point, had absolutely nothing against Freemasonry since the cardinals and the Pope's brother himself was, was actually a Freemason. That's funny. The, the other group that, of course, you know, really doesn't like us very well tend to be evangelicals. Um, and from what I've researched, I wanted to know, it's always natural to say, why do they hate us? You know, what is it that, that makes them dislike us so? And, and so I did some research back in the day, and what it boils down to is that the biggest complaint they have is that we pray with non-Christians. Right. Um, in our lodge, we have Hindus and Muslims and pagans and Christians and people from various faiths, uh, Buddhists. And in their ideology, 
um, and worldview, you're allowed to pray for a non-Christian, but you're not allowed to pray with a non-Christian. So because we have an opening and closing prayer in our ritual and a couple during the, the initiations themselves, um, and we are praying at that time with non-Christians, we kind of validate their faith. It's kind of like being in a mosque rather than a church. And of course, you know, the idea that we, we don't really subscribe to their view that there's, you know, the one savior. And in fact, that's not even a part of our ritual in that respect. And again, we're not opposed to it. If you're a Christian and that's what right. you believe, then wonderful for you. Well, see, um, but that, that's really kind of their main complaint with us, which, you know, how do we take that seriously? I yeah. think that the intolerance and so forth. And I think in our day and age, I think more and more people are turning their back on that kind of thinking. That's understandable. One of the things that gets me is with them having that point of view, and yet still within many of their buildings, they're holding 12-step meetings where they believe in a higher power and not say who that higher power is. And you have all sorts of—they're doing the very things that they're saying they're against us for. That's yeah, very very much so. And, and again, you know, I think that there's a hypocrisy, and we see that a lot in this day and age especially. Um, but, you know, having been a Mason now for, you know, many, many years and going back to the almost 2000, so we're, we're closing in on, I guess, almost 20 years now or, wow. or 15 um, time flies. The, um, you know, again, it, it, to me, and I've heard this often, that masonry is supposed to be something that um, complements your spiritual path. It doesn't replace your spiritual path. It's not to become a religion. It's not to take the place of your religion. It's just to, to further enhance the idea that you're looking for self-improvement. You're looking to bring out your good qualities even more so to do good work, to be around good people that you can work with to create positive things in society and so forth, and that is its aspect. But certainly it would be uh, dishonest to say that it, it doesn't, Freemasonry does have a spiritual underpinning sure. to it, uh, because it's morality, and morality and spirituality kind of go hand in hand, so in my view. There you go. Well, thank you. By the way, you are, this is, by the way, the program Illumination, brought to you by from the Library of Sunset Lights 369, right here in Santa Monica, California. My name is Les Jones. My producer and co-host for today is Brother Michael Wombach. If you want to get in touch with us, really easy, look on the web. We are at Sunset Masonic Lodge org sunsetmasoniclodge.org or send us an email at sunsetmasoniclodge a little bit different 369 at gmail.com sunsetmasoniclodge369 at sunset uh, uh, gmail.com pardon me about that let me say it again sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com we would love to hear from you um Brother Jason puts here that his personal comprehension of Freemasonry can be summed up thusly. Freemasonry is a fraternal organization to which strong philosophy and moral elements have been attached. But it's not a religion, if for no other reason than simple fact that it prescribes no religious dogma. There's nothing hidden in the rites or rituals uh, telling you what to worship, how to worship, or even where to worship. Instead, the moral and philosophy elements of the fraternity are designed to assist brethren in strengthening their own respected faiths, whatever it might be. Brother Michael was talking about it, that earlier, and it's there to enhance exactly what you have. One of the things that Brother Jason brings up is Freemasonry really is kind of complicated, and sometimes we just don't know how to answer a question, and that tends to feed into the paranoia 
and fear that people have. I know there's a good friend of mine who is somewhat anti-Masonic, and I tried to talk to her about it. I said, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I, there are certain things that I can't talk about, and I'll say, hey, I can't talk about that. If it is. But I'll never come at you and lie to you. Well, when I became a Master Mason, I told her exactly. I said, you know, all these things you're telling me, I don't know about anywhere else, but our lodge, we don't do anything like that. And she said, oh, no, no, she's, you're, they're keeping you ignorant. It's the upper degrees that do that. Well, I went through the Scottish Rite up to the 32nd degree, uh, a couple of months ago, and none of the things that I see and hear I was a part of. Nothing. None of these paranoid things. I've never been a part of anything like that. And I'll just be honest with you. I'm not going to talk about certain things, but I will definitely not lie to anybody about this. And I think that's what's important. What do you think, Brother Michael? Yeah, I, I think so. And the other thing I think with religions, and I'm not picking on Christianity. I sure. think many religions do this is that they like to sort of keep control of their followers. And the last thing they want is you going somewhere else to get any kind of spiritual thing. You're supposed to go to the church and the minister, and you're not supposed to stray from the path. And it's and to me, it's always been more about control than anything else in politics. And unfortunately, religion and politics do very much seem to go hand in hand, which is unfortunate. Um, I think our founding fathers had it right, and that those two things should be kept separate. But Unfortunately, I don't think that that worked out so well in practice. You know, really? um, I, I think that it's uh, we see too much mixing of those two things, especially from you know Ronald Reagan's time onward. He was the the. It's interesting when Kennedy was president, that the Pope thought he would recognize the Vatican being a good Catholic, and he refused to because he still believed in the separation of church and state. And it wasn't until Reagan that Reagan recognized the Vatican and and sort of broke that covenant. Right. Um, and again, not picking on Reagan. You know, sure politically or ideologically, yeah. but um, I think that was the beginning of a real real shift. Well, right um, here. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I think that that's uh, always a part of it, and I think that religions do like to covet and control their followers to a great degree. And so it's not without reason that we've heard of them spreading misinformation about other groups being satanic or demonic or whatever as a way of trying to discourage people from from any other point of view, frankly, and, and making sure that they strictly sit there and, and you know are controlled by their own church, you know, in that respect. Really good. And um, why don't you talk a little bit about, it's really kind of hard sometimes to answer a simple question about what Freemasonry is. You've got some ideas on that? Oh, dear God. <laughs> you know, what is it? <laughs> well, yeah, really, um, and that's the million dollar question you, really is, what yeah. is it? Um, like I said, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a combination of a couple of different things. I mean, historically, um, if we look at the formation of the Grand Lodge and the time at which Freemasonry was really coming into its own, um, I think that there were two main, two main aspects to it. Um, I think one aspect was the charitable aspect, and, and it was, you know, philanthropy is a very big deal in Freemasonry. Yes. Um, and at that time, especially, there were not a lot of social programs. You didn't have, you know, welfare and food stamps and things of that nature. So when people were poor and destitute, they often died or suffered tremendously. And, and I think people with empathy and compassion and morality wanted to do something about that. So I think that they formed in what were called, I think, box clubs back in the day, but different clubs and societies where people would want to do something to alleviate poverty and to help the poor and destitute and so forth. And that, I think, was part of the formation of Freemasonry coming out of that time period. Uh, the other thing that was a big part of it in those days was you've heard of temperance 
societies. Yes. And, and so um, I think that that was the other big element in, in creating Freemasonry was this movement towards temperance and morality. Because, again, if, if we look at our, our fraternity, it's, it's definitely not um, about getting drunk and having strippers. It, and there's no liquor at our events no. um, or very little, and we're not allowed to even have large money spent on it. And it was really about morality. And, and so I think that those are the two ingredients that sort of came together to form modern Freemasonry. And then wrapped around that, of course, is a lot of esoteric wisdom that goes back, you know, to ancient times. And, and you know, I, I'm just doing our trestle board, and so the, the, con the concept of the that the, the compass and square goes all the way back to the time of Confucius or beyond in China. So yeah. these things go back a great, great distance. And it's basically just a spiritual truth that, that has been around for a long, long time. And to me, these are the elements that make up Freemasonry and what it is. Now tell me, there was also, wasn't there in the 1800s, a political party uh, simply to be anti-Mason, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the anti-Mason movement was a big thing in those days, and, and it, it really got its its wind in its sails with the Morgan Affair, um, and that's really kind of what, what almost brought Masonry down, as a matter of fact. And it was a kind of a reprehensible character in William Morgan who had... Um, he was a mason, and he got disgruntled with his lodge, and he was threatening to, to tell the secrets, apparently, of Freemasonry. And then he disappeared in the middle of the night, and people accused masons of murdering him, and, and they attacked masonry. And There was a political party, an anti-masonic political party. There was a lot of things in the press about Freemasonry. Lodges were, masons were spit on in the street. A lot of lodges closed down. Um, so it was a, a very big thing. And we still see some of that these days in some of the, the anti-Masonic movement coming out of especially the evangelical movement that demonizes us. And, and you'll find books written that are very anti-Masonic. I have a couple of them in my library, as a matter of fact. And I treasure them because they're great research books that they're, they, they so want to bring us down that they were meticulous in their research. And of course, they twist their conclusions. But I'm looking to research something. They make awesome reference books because okay. <laughs> they've done a lot of research. So I kind of know where to start looking, you know, based on those. But uh, again, you know, obviously with a twisted interpretation, but um, but yeah, the, the anti-Masonic movement was a big deal, and it, it really did almost destroy Freemasonry in America. So. For sure. By the way, just to let you know, this is the program Illumination from Sunset Lodge number 369 in Santa Monica, California. We are here in the library of our, of our lodge. My name is Les Jones, and I'm my co-host for today, an all-round producer and help along the way, the man in the hot seat, as I like to say, Brother Michael Wombat. If you'd like to reach us, uh, two ways to do it. Go on the web. Our website is sunsetmasoniclodge.org, sunsetmasoniclodge.org, or you can send us an email. That is sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. Sunset Masonic Lodge 369 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Whatever you believe, whatever you think, you know, we're open here. We believe in free communication, free speech. So whatever thoughts that you have, just, just write us. We'd love to hear from you. We are open, by the way, most Tuesdays. And I would suggest you contact us just to be sure. Send us an email and we'll let you know we're we're open starting at 6.30 when we have a meal, and at 7.30, whatever activities we have, whether we're having a practice or a degree, or our stated meeting, those who don't know, stated meeting is basically our business meeting of the month. Whichever, if you're a Mason or not, we'd love to see you. Come on by and just have a bite to eat with us. We love it. Once I said, as I said before, we love to see you. 
one of the things that Brother Jason brings up is that people just aren't used to the idea that there's one interpretation of everything, that everyone has their own interpretation of the symbolism. I know I brought up, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that you can actually look at a situation, look at a symbol, and it means something to you, and you really get something out of it. And maybe you look at it two, three years later, and it means something totally different to you. And not only is there not one truth about something, but it's something that means different things to you as you grow up. What do you think, Brother Michael? Yeah, I mean, I think spirituality, and, and it evolves with you. Um, I think that, you know, I, I've often said they say there are two great secrets in Freemasonry. Um, and one is confidentiality. If I share a problem with you, I'm not expecting you to run around town telling people and betraying my confidence and faith. Um, so we do do that as a way. But again, my doctor has that same confidentiality. My accountant has that same confidentiality. So uh, that's part of it in, in a sense. Uh, the other part of it is the um, idea of your relationship with the divine. And I think that, again, if we look at some of the faiths like Judaism, the idea that we can't even speak the name of God because you can't discuss an infinite concept with a finite brain and language, you know. So even to try and, and put it into a name is, is doing it a, dis, a disservice. And so in that respect, I think Freemasonry kind of evolved in that direction as well, that we, we believe that um, the relationship you have with the divine is your own personal relationship. And, and there's no saying that your relationship is exactly the same as mine, nor should be. And again, I think some of the, the religions that want everybody to pray the same and be the same and think the same and uh, again, struggle with that concept that, that maybe both are valid, yet both are different. And, right. and I think that Freemasonry embraces that concept, that people of different faiths that sort of view the divine in their own way, yet still we're talking about the same thing, just different aspects of it. And, and so to me, again, that, that's where there's a disconnect between some religions, not all, right. and see, not even all aspects of Christianity, like I said, sure. but, but some very narrow conservative religious movements. And, and again, even in the Middle East, some of the movements there that are, are very, very strict and dogmatic and religious and will not tolerate any dissent from the, the narrow path, uh, again, would have the same issue. So again, that, that's, I think, where a lot of that comes from. Well, you know, it says here, Brother Jason writes that uh, much of Freemasonry's tolerance of religion preference of each other's personal interpretation of what symbols mean for you. As a result, Masonry encourages each brother to seek out truth for himself. It could appear to outsiders that Masonry actively discourages moral and religious absolutes, but no. But determining, encouraging, and discouraging moral religious absolutism is the job of religion and not Freemasonry. And he says here, as Masonry once again prescribes no dogma, and he says, this is kind of funny, he said, you are seeing a trend, aren't you? And goes on to forbid talk of religion or politics in the lodge. We don't talk about somebody's personal beliefs or religious beliefs in the lodge because that tends to separate. And... That's the last thing we want in our lodge is to have separation. We're here for brotherly love and unity and not anything that would, that would uh, separate us. And I know several Masons who delve into occult philosophy and ancient round uh, philosophy and so forth, and that's, that's what they do. I know personally myself I don't, but we have Masons who do. 
And I, I don't want anything to, to bring us apart. We, we do have a common goal along the way that brings us together. What do you think, Brother, Brother Michael? Yeah, and in fact, I, I've had issues with some lodges over this in the past. Uh, that they, they sort of, especially some of the, the quote-unquote esoteric lodges that think every mason has to be esoteric. And, and I think that that's just as wrong as the, the narrow evangelical view that right. everybody who doesn't think the way they do is wrong. Um, and when it comes to religion or politics, you're supposed to leave that stuff at the door. And so you're not supposed to bring that into the lodge. So whether you practice a, a pagan path, whether you're a Hindu or a Muslim or a Sikh or a Christian, um, you're, you're supposed to leave that at the door when you enter the lodge. We're all brothers at that point. Um, and then you can pick that up again on your way out, as, I, as they say. But during the lodge, you're, you're supposed to, as I said, not, not allow those things to come in. And, and we have our, our California Masonic Code. Every jurisdiction, I'm sure, has their own own set of laws, um, and that's codified right in our laws. It, it says that the only two subjects forbidden to be discussed in the lodge are religion and politics, and so that, that's strictly forbidden. Because as you say, that those tend to be very divisive, and our, our goal is not to divide people, it's to find what we have in common and, and to create tolerance and understanding by having a, a shared safe space where, where people of different faiths and beliefs and so forth can gather as one without those things to, to get to know each other and to form bonds. And I think that there's a powerful need for that in our society. In fact, on our, our own uh, podcast, um, we had a, a Buddhist lama that we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, and, and she was bemoaning the, the fact that we're losing community in our society. And I think Freemasonry, at the end of the day, is about building community. And I think that's something in our society that we desperately need. So funny, even just today, I visited my uh, primary care physician. I got on the elevator, and everybody was looking down on their phone and, and looked, scrolling around. And I'm not too shy about speaking up about certain things. I looked around and said, my goodness, what did we do before we got the smartphone? Everybody laughed, and one guy said, well, we carried pagers. And I said, we even said, when we had pagers, what did we do before we had a pager? So mm -hmm. I think that's something else. I think that's mm -hmm. funny. Uh, one of the things we do in our lodge is we meet on the level, which means that whether you're uh, a Bill Gates or someone like that, or you're the custodian of a school, when you're in the lodge, we're all the same. We're all equal. Brother Mike, you have a story about somebody who owned a company and his janitor, I believe it was. Do you have a story on that? I can probably do one better than that for What's you, that? Wes. What's um, that? There's a story that when Roosevelt was president, he was a Mason, um, and periodically he would like to visit the lodge in Washington, and his gardener was a past master of the lodge. Um, and one night, the president visited the lodge, and the worshipful master was out sick, and as a past master, his gardener was filling in for him. So for the couple of hours they were in lodge, the president of the United States had to refer to his gardener as worshipful sir. <laughs> so <laughs> so again, it, it does sort of cast aside, you know, titles and ranks and all that sort of stuff. And, and uh, as you said, it is about equality of man for sure. There you go. I think we, uh, we can basically sum it up in what we do in three simple points, our three basic tenets of Freemasonry, brotherly love, relief, and truth. Brotherly love, within the lodge, we care about each other because we're equal, we're on the level, and we'll do anything we can to help a brother and care for a brother. Number two, we take that love and care and share it with our community. It's kind of tough to share something that you're not doing within the body itself. 
but we take that love, we care for each other, and we care for the community around us. And truth, in the study of Masonic symbols and, and studies, our truth is our truth for that moment. Nobody tells us what to believe, what to think, or what to say, because we're free people. We're brothers and a part of something much bigger than we are ourselves. Well, Brother Michael, thank you so much for your help with the program. I really enjoyed your insights in all of this, and I just thought this was something we needed to go over, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Please do be in touch with us at sunsetmasoniclodge.org or sunsetmasoniclodge369 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being a part of this, and we'll see you soon.